Kilan Gork is a renowned mentalist. He is a master of performing extraordinary feats through, among other things, reading body language and nonverbal cues. He joins us now for a master class in body language. Kilan, welcome to the show. Great to be here. What does one's body language say about themselves when they're meeting somebody for the very first time? Does it have an influence? Well, I, I definitely think it does. You know, you've got body language, and body language is just one topic under nonverbal communication. Okay. So there are a lot of things that we do um, that we don't realize we're doing, and a lot of things that we communicate that we don't realize we're communicating. Right. And you're absolutely right. When it comes to first impressions, we all hear the, the saying that first impressions last. Yep. It's far more difficult to break someone's first impression or to change it than it is to just create a good first impression to begin with. Mm -hmm. So yes, body language will definitely form part of that impression. Perhaps how you look, what you're wearing, if you're groomed, how you speak, all of those sort of things might also form a part. But body language, because 60 to 80% of what we communicate with someone is through nonverbal communication and body language, it plays a huge, huge part uh, in forming a connection and a rapport with someone. So yeah. where do we start, Kilan? What should we notice about ourselves in terms of what we're saying with our bodies in communicating? Well. You know, it, it, I think it would be uh, wrong of me to give you specific gestures or things to okay. look out for if, if you don't really understand the basics of, of reading body language. Okay. Um, because there's a thing called uh, universal gestures, and I think you'll relate to this. I'm sure you've heard yes. someone say to you, don't stand with your arms folded like this because yes. then you'll be closed off. Or if someone's got their arms folded, that you think that they're being closed they're off, being right? Yeah. So that's really wrong. And that's, you know, you can't just have one universal meaning mm -hmm. for a gesture. So I think that probably the best thing for me to share with you now, and if there's anything that anyone takes out of this short masterclass, would be yes. probably the three biggest mistakes okay. that people make when right. reading body language. Mm -hmm. um, and, and this will help tremendously. So we've already discussed the first biggest mistake, and right. it's the biggest amateur mistake of reading body language, which is to interpret any one given gesture in isolation. And you know, if you just think about language, I mean, body language is a language as well. Yes. And in the English language, um, you need at least three words, right, to make a sentence, right. typically. Um, and also in English, uh, for example, one word can have a dozen different meanings. That's true. Yeah, so in body language, it's, it's no same. different. One oh, gesture right. can have a dozen different meanings. <laughs> okay. But if you put three of them together, then they start to communicate a certain message. Mm -hmm. So you wouldn't just look to see if someone's arms are folded, you'd maybe look to see if there are other cues or gestures that might support that they may be closed off or feeling negative or critical. So if their arms are folded and there's a tapping foot, they could be nervous and not necessarily that they're they closed They could be off. nervous, they could be anxious, they could be lots of things. Well, okay. this brings us to our next to our next uh, uh, point, right? This, that first one is what we call clusters. Okay. So you look for a cluster of three signals, cues, gestures that communicate the same thing. Right. The second one is, and talking about arms folding as well, would be um, context. You know, if you see someone's foot tapping and you see their arms folded, folded. like this, like you've described, yeah. well, you might want to check the air conditioning, right? Because maybe <laughs> it's really cold. Yeah. And so maybe, you know, if someone's kind of moving or, or whatever, they, or they got their arms folded, perhaps that's just them trying to warm themselves up. And so you always need to look at the context, context. of a situation uh -huh. or a conversation or your environment um, and take that into the mix. A lot of people don't, don't take that into consideration. Um, so that is context, right. and then the last one is 
congruence. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like a very fancy word, and <laughs> yes. if anyone remembers <laughs> you know, high school maths, if you remember <laughs> yes. that if two triangles at the same angle, they would say they're congruent. So they matched, yeah. basically. They were similar like that. And so in body language, really what one needs to do is to always look at two things at the same time, and that is what someone is doing and what they're saying. If that's congruent. If what they're saying and doing is the same, with their body language and their verbal language is, is congruent, mm. then you know that they're being open and honest with right. what they're thinking and feeling. Okay. But if they're not, and I'm sure you've had times where someone's saying something to you and you and just you think, can see oh, yeah, you're not feeling it, right? There's something, <laughs> you can't put your finger on it, right? right. Um, now, assuming that it's not caused by a bias that you might have or yes. a stereotype, but all things equal, you know, you know that you're feeling incongruent. So you, you're feeling like what they're saying verbally, but what you're picking up non-verbally is just something wrong. And so, you know, which one would you... Would you believe the verbal or nonverbal if you saw that there was a conflict? What the, do you think? The nonverbal. The nonverbal, right? That's right, yeah. We won't get too technical with the parts of the brain and all that kind of stuff, but it, it's, it's really easy for us to control what we're saying verbally. Yeah. But often we don't realize that our body is leaking clues about what we're really thinking and feeling. So you always have to look for that congruence in people. So, right. so, that's, a, so that's clusters, context, and congruence. congruence. And if you were aware of anything that you're doing yourself, what I would say is be aware of, of misreading other people. That's because true. often we respond to other people incorrectly because we misread them. Do we find that our cultural differences also contributes to that misreading of people? If in the African culture you look somebody in the eye, it means you're rude. But in other cultures, if you don't look them in the eye, it means you're rude. Yeah. Do we find that a lot? Definitely. And in South Africa, we live in a, in a country that has so many different cultures. And, uh, and, and it's, it's really wonderful to have these different cultures, but at the same time, you can also be caught out. If, you, you know, if you're going into a business meeting and you know that there are people there who uh, might be different to you, you would look into their culture and see what would be normal, what wouldn't be normal. And you know, you know, usually when I teach body language, I'll teach it in terms of most Western society. And a lot of yes. research has been done in Western society, but it's an entire topic. Uh, that people specialize in teaching just cross-cultural differences. So the minute you do business with people overseas or in other parts of the country or even here in South Africa, it's, uh, you, know, you, you definitely have to be cognizant of it. Mm. What can you tell about people just by interacting with them? Can you give us a few examples? What can you tell about them? Yes. In what regard? In terms of whether or not they're thinking what you're thinking. I mean, you explained it right now that there's a lot of instances where you find that you think someone is thinking one thing and they're actually not. Yeah. But are there other things that you can tell about other people just by looking at them? If there isn't a folded arm, if they're just standing across the room and maybe you want to approach them in a business meeting, are there certain things you can tell just from yeah. eye contact? Yeah. Uh, well, I wouldn't say just from, just from eye contact. Um, you know, there are such things as, as micro expressions and so on. That's a whole different, different topic, which may, maybe you'd look at someone's eyes and pupil dilation, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, if you're in a social setting, we'll go with the example that you just gave me now. Uh, let's say you're in a group um, or you want to approach a group of people. If you know who the leader is in that group mm -hmm. or who the most influential person is in that group, right. then you can build a relationship with that person and obviously be far more influential yourself if you're getting with the right person. So usually, the, the, the further away we go from our brain in terms of body parts, mm -hmm. the less conscious we are about what we're doing with that body part. So I'll give you an example. If you are uh, lying to someone, yeah. 
I know that you don't lie. You yeah. know people who lie, right? Never. You never lie. But <laughs> <laughs> you'll be very conscious about what you're doing with your face, right? right. So you're like, you know, your eye contact, or are you smiling or not smiling? Mm -hmm. So you're very conscious about that, but you might not realize that your foot is tapping wildly away, right? Or you're fidgeting or whatever the case is because those body parts are further away from our brain. So we're less conscious about what we're doing with them, right? So if you see a group of people, what you'll often find is that if someone is interested in what the, another person has to say in a group, mm -hmm. their leading foot will often point towards that person. Okay. And a leading foot could also mean that they're putting most of their weight on that foot. And so you can see that if people are standing in a group and a lot of, and maybe they turn to face each other, but you look at their feet, they if see. their leading foot is pointing, and if more than one person leading foot is pointing towards a certain person, then that's probably the most influential person in that group. And that's the person you then target if you're looking for. If you're going to break funding. the ice with that group, or you want to, or exactly, if you're going to look for funding, let's say you had a charity organization, <laughs> you probably want to influence that person, right? Yes, yes. Uh, in a similar way, if you're now speaking to somebody mm -hmm. and they're turned to face you, but you see that their feet are pointing the other direction, you know chances that. are you've got to end the conversation, <laughs> right, before they do, before, before they, they want to walk away. That's, that's really true. where they want to go. So how do you influence using your body language? Can you? Absolutely. You know, like I mentioned, 60 to 80% of a message that's conveyed through face-to-face -face interaction is through nonverbal channels. Uh, you know, the actual words that you use and how you say them are a very, very small part of it. Mm -hmm. uh, and in fact, in my talks that I, I demonstrate this for people, it'll be a bit difficult now, just the two of us, but yeah. when I'm with a group where I say something exactly the same way twice, but I make one tiny change in my body language and they feel a completely different message that I'm saying. So it really is important to understand that, that 60 to 80%, some research even indicates more, is through nonverbal communication. So right. definitely there, there are things that you can do that will help to heighten your message being portrayed. So whatever it is, whether uh, you're trying to just build rapport with someone, uh, whether you are trying to make a point, whether you're trying to maybe pressure them to make a decision, whatever the case is, there's body language that can help you to achieve that goal and really communicate properly what you're trying to achieve with them. What should people really try to understand more, their own body language or interpreting other people's body language? What's more beneficial? It's a very good question, um, and I, it's a tough one to answer. I suppose it depends upon the person. Yeah. Um, you know, if you feel that um, that you're struggling to relate to people, and maybe you got to work out to mm. be able to read people a little bit more. You know, yeah. um, perhaps if you feel that you can get a read on people quite easily, but you're not quite getting your message across in the right way and people aren't really able to understand you, then work on your own body language. Right. So it really depends on the person. On the person. Yeah. So to understand body language, do we need to have an idea of what makes other people tick? What do you think about this? To understand body language, I think, well, sure. I mean, it's all, it's all psychology. The more you understand about how other people tick, the more context you'll be able to give. Remember, we were talking about clusters and context. And yes. So all of these things really uh, complement each other. The more you understand the psychology, uh, the way the mind works, human nature, all of these things definitely will help your, your ability to read and influence people with body language. Lastly, Gilan, any words of advice to people who are moving into places where they don't know a lot of people, but they need to make an influence in terms of their body language, do's and don'ts? <clears throat> really quickly, if you walk into a room, never hesitate at the door. 
right? A lot of people do that. They yes. stop, they look around, <laughs> and then they walk in, right? Um, you know, little things like if you're going to uh, shake hands with someone, um, let's just, for example, say in a business environment, you know, instead of shaking hands across the table, mm -hmm. uh, rather walk to the side of the table mm -hmm. because the, the corner of that table still creates enough of a barrier, you're not in each other's personal space, team, but yeah. it's a much more of a personal environment. You know, if you're going to sit down with someone, try to sit at round tables because you have 25% more chance of forming that relationship and being influential. Otherwise, try to sit at that corner seating position again. So there's all these little things. Of course, you know, um, there's other things with nonverbal communication that's not necessarily body language. For example, yeah. if you have a thinner suitcase or handbag, then people think that you are more um, orderly and that you've got things under control. And so obviously, you know, also the colors and clothes that you wear might play a part in it as well. But uh, just have fun with it. At, at the end of the day, you know, body language is very fun to, yes. uh, to practice and, and test out the world is your lab, so to speak. So, yeah. Kilan, thank you so much. Very interesting talk. I know I've learned a lot. And all the best in your endeavors. Thank you. And that was mentalist Gilan Gok. Oh, 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 oh,